Ladies and gentlemen, and low lives. And we're back. We are back, yeah. First time just you and me in a while. You I did know. the brother, you did we did the Crosley one, that was great. That was a lot Crosley's, of fun. Crosley's Brian last week. Fucking yeah, it's been like what, three weeks? Yeah. Yeah, one thing uh and rice. I, I forgot to um uh, uh talk to you about when, when we were doing the Crosley uh recording, like me and uh, we were just like crushing beers. Yeah. Is that is that chill? Is that cool to do around you? Like I, in front I, of me? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not okay. See, the, I mean, like it's fine. I thought about it while while it was happening, and I was just like, I didn't even think about it at yeah, all until after. Me. But I was yeah. also like super fucked that. Yeah, day you for... were you were hung over to the fucking nines though. You yeah, were, like those yeah. those like breakfast beers kind of like helped me. you out or lunch beers, I guess at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, lunch beers. That's reasonable. Yeah, I'm a classic <laughs> it was five guy. o'clock somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like it was uh, no, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm okay with it because, like, the booze for me was never the the booze the booze was just the connector, right, to right, the right, drugs, right, right. So like, you never had an alcohol like, problem, dude. There's yeah. uh, you've been in my fucking house. How much booze have you yeah, seen no, in I my mean, house? It's like enough to kill. Works for a booze company, so yeah, yeah it's enough to kill fucking a dozen adults. Yeah, like the. Even that little, that, like, buffet thing where he's got a bunch of glassware. There's, like, two cabinet doors on the side that's just stacked with booze. Every slot in there is, has a wine bottle in it. And then there's fucking, like, those Ikea shelves, those, like, square Ikea shelves. It's just, one's, like, packed with rum Chocolate and one's, like, this of, yeah. and it's like that. And our fridge, okay. our okay. fridge yeah, is half I just, full of booze. I, like, I didn't think about it and I was like, man, was that... No, was no, that no. not cool? It's not. It's know. it's not insensitive in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I even I even included it in the in the post where it was like, and we had afternoon beers and like, yeah, okay, <laughs> or like, cool. That's not, I just wanted to double check. Yeah, no, um, no you're good. You're good. Okay. I, I appreciate you for for thinking about that though. It's yeah, it's I very nice. Should have thought of it at the time, but no, I didn't. I, I mean, uh, if, but but at the same time, like you were feeling like shit, so it helps loosen you up, helps kind of get you back to par. Maybe they're a little nervous, so like having a drink yeah. and just like shooting the shit. Like, how many times have you gone out and like, and and just like when when I used to meet you and Matt when it was like regular times, like mm-hmm. a year and uh, mm-hmm. you know a year and a half ago or whatever, and and you guys would be you know drinking beers and talking about Affinity Fish, and yeah, I would just yeah, come yeah. in and and drink like a soda water or yeah. something like that, and have a waitress be really confused that I didn't tip her on a three dollar soda water, like. Anyways, it's completely different story. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Anyway, I got uh, a little sidetracked there. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, I, I, I don't mind. And, like, I, I've even been toying with the idea, like, I'll have booze again. It's, a, the, it's not the booze part. It's, like, I needed to get my mind right enough about, yeah. like, how I feel about myself and my own self-confidence and my own, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, own my own insecurities and all yeah. that stuff around why I was using and why I was drinking mm. as much as I was or why I was doing the drugs I was doing yeah. is because, you know, and what I've learned so far is that I, I was trying to disconnect and now I'm doing my best to stay as connected as possible to those around me. So it, it, it the mind is shift mm-hmm. and it, it's not shifted to the point where I'm like, Oh, I could have like three or four drinks now. Like even when I start drinking, I might just have like one drink once in a while. Yeah. It's not gonna be like 
every, you know, I'll, I'll have one or two drinks a week because then that'll just slip slide back into me drinking every day. And yeah. that's not the goal. Right. Yeah. It's, but yeah, no, it's, it's fine. Moral, cool. moral of the story is fine. I love you. That's, okay. that's good, not going to change. Good, 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 good. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, yeah, man. I mean, on, on that topic in general, it's like what, what we were going to talk about today was like boundaries and shit like that. Yeah. So it's almost yeah, like... Not unrelated. And, uh, you know, the, the reference to the Crosley podcast, I think that's kind of what prompted this, uh, this topic, right? Yeah, Is kind of. I mean, I, I was thinking about it a bit before, but yeah, okay. definitely it got, uh, slightly introduced into, in, that last at, at the end, with, at the end of uh, Crosley's. and Joe. Yeah. 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 Um, if you guys haven't heard that episode, um, please go one, check yeah. it out. Fuck those guys are those guys are just super fun. They're just great people, yeah. man. It was it was arguably one of the nicer conversations I've had with like restaurant owner slash operators in like a long time. It was just they were so those those are those are just the those are the kind of people you want to go to their place because you know that you're gonna be taken care of in whatever sh- way shape and form you want yeah you know like they're gonna they're gonna be super attentive or they're just gonna let you they're just gonna back off and let you do your thing but such a great episode but also i mean like the whole um well yeah like what was the topic that well okay so it was i mean the part of it was like open kitchens and like i think we briefly touched on it in that episode, but it was, um, like my, my idea with open kitchens is, is, um, is that I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of them. Like I've, I've worked in not open kitchens, semi open kitchens, very open kitchens. And like, I prefer like one that's just pretty much wide open that you can just kind of yeah. walk up to, or like look over a small little counter and be like, yeah. I can see everything you're doing because it's just, it holds a level of accountability. And like, I've, I've chatted with bosses and stuff in the past and certainly the the man i work for now he's a big fan of them i think that's why he designed um the the, the diner di- the diner the, the way, way he is, did yeah. because it's also like it's also a diner so it's like it's just one very of those, neighborhood vibes yeah. like you want the person to like the amount of times kids will come up to the little swinging doors we have at the kitchen yeah, yeah, yeah. and just say thank you and then run off is like it's the cutest thing ever yeah. so i think yeah. i think he wanted that community I do love kids. Uh, Every time I hear you talk about kids, you're just. I think yeah. I they. I think you, you got to have some kids. You're 30 now. It's kid time. <laughs> I I can I can wait. If, uh, you know, I'd like to have kids before I'm 40. My dad had me when he was 40, so I'd like to beat him. Um, yeah. But <laughs> like, so, we all just want to, you know. Be, <laughs> I just, just want to be better than yeah. than my father. Um, Good. Yeah. Well. It's, uh, no, but I uh, I do. I I love kids, man. I think. Yeah. The the thing. For me with kids, like just quick side tangent, but like kids, they, they have this, this view of the world that is untainted and is unmanipulated yeah. by them for the most part, you know, they have a very, a very true sense of like what is maybe not necessarily what's right and wrong, but they have like an unfiltered bias. They don't, they're, they're not like, they're not, um, outwardly mean because someone is a different skin color or a different race or any of that. Like yeah, they don't yeah. know that they haven't learned that shit. They yet. haven't. They yeah. don't know that that shit exists. So like when I'm around my niece and nephew and like how old are they? Uh, three and one. Yeah. So like she we little kids. My my nieces. Uh, my Canadian. Yeah. So I have a, a German niece. She's five. Yeah. Um, but 
I, I obviously I don't get to see I see her like once a year um, but uh, my knee I see I see them every week and I mean she's almost four and he'll be two in the summer so um, but like she's got friends at school that are Asian and and brown and it's like it doesn't mean anything she just tells me their name there's no there's no like yeah, yeah. this person is this it's like because it doesn't matter and it yeah. truly doesn't and I think being around children is such a like you get it's so pure it is yeah. it is it's just the purest form of of joy yeah. or yeah. Uh, sadness or pain yeah. or yeah any they just experience it wholeheartedly yeah. in that moment yeah. and then can like all emotions are okay so i'm done now concentrated yeah. yeah yeah it's just it's it's very it's very neat yeah um but anyways back to open kitchens um, yeah, so for those uh, people who aren't familiar with the industry lingo, what we're talking about with open kitchens are kitchens that are not closed off, so where you can see, you know, the stoves, or you can definitely see the chefs uh, cooking. Uh, you know, it, every kitchen's built differently. Some of them are totally exposed, and you're in the mm-hmm. same room as the people cooking. Some of them, like at Crosley's, which is a really beautiful design, mm-hmm. uh, they have enough, you know, hidden space in the back where they can do dirty stuff that they might not want their guests to see. Mm-hmm. They have that upstairs Behind area. Behind a wall, yeah. Yeah. But they still have this huge open, uh, it's not a window, but an open... Uh, it kind of is. Yeah. Basically a, a window It's a window with no, no glass. Yeah. Um, the pass. Yeah, the pass, uh, where they can see the entire dining room. And the entire dining room, I don't think there's a single table where you can't see... Yeah, you can't see Joe into cooking. that yeah into that little yeah and yeah i mean yeah i it, you know obviously obviously they they designed it uh with with i think their their kind of a thing in mind but i i like it man i mean i've had i had this conversation a little bit with brian uh last week and it was it was like I mean, him and him and I were both, I think, in pretty much agreement. Where it's like, you know, you, there's no, there's none of that like fucking that sneak a French fry mentality where yeah, you're like, fucking, yeah, let yeah. me just pop this in you my don't mouth turn real into a quick. Gremlin. Being yeah. a gremlin is perfectly <laughs> encouraged and okay in closed kitchens. Yeah, right? like a hotel or, kitchen. Yeah, yeah. You just like, hotel or like a golf course. Like when I was 17 and I was working at a golf course as a dishwasher, there was no windows in the kitchen, so like, yeah. we were in the middle the of. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. it was just like, if you were hungry, you'd, you know, you'd walk around the line and you'd just, and you'd like grab a little bit of French fries and you just like, just shovel them in your mouth yeah. with your hand. And like, don't get me wrong at work, even at the diner now, I eat with my hands because mostly I make myself a sandwich or something. But then you're also conscious of, but I'm also, being, I'm you know. where I am. Like I, I tuck myself away so yeah. it's not in view of the customer yeah. and obviously you know, obviously now nobody's sitting in the diner, but even before it was like, yeah, you tuck yourself around the corner. Yeah. Like you be cognizant of how and where you're eating. Yeah. Um, because it does matter. It does yeah. matter. Like if you're, especially if you're trying to, um, trying to curate this experience, whether it's a diner or whether it's a, a Michelin quality kind of a restaurant guide, guide kind of a restaurant. It's like, Nobody wants to see the person cooking their food just haphazardly eating food. Yeah. You know, it's... And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I imagine totally it's you. relatively... I, I was going to say, you're probably... We're probably in a very similar boat, like, because when you were in Japan, it was all people were sitting right in front of you, and it's not yeah. like you could just fucking great, be like, let me training. just try this shit. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was great training. By the time I made it to Japan, 
uh, where I was working in Kyoto was actually a closed kitchen. Oh, really? There was, oh. attached to the closed kitchen was an open counter, but it was really mm. only the chef owner who would work alone, and then you would, you know, come in oh, there. Oh, you would just give bring whatever you need. Oh, okay. So you're rarely there. Um, Were you in opens in New York? Yeah, until I got to Japan, I was entirely an open kitchen. So the first place I worked in... You've never... Uh, oh, wow. Mercado cool. and the Eaton Center. Uh, they're a little... Like, the my first... Uh, after I was dishwashing there, my first gig was uh, at... Um, their garbage station, mm. which is totally open. Yeah. Uh, you don't do a lot of cooking there. You know, somebody makes your salad dressing in the back and they bring it up over to you and you just assemble stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was where I just started to learn and be mindful. It's really mindfulness that it teaches you, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're in the shits, you're behind, you don't have enough of something, uh, you're frantic, you're panicking, you're 16 years old. <laughs> Yeah, you they, have to be able to step out of that and think, okay, yes, I'm in the shits, but people are watching me, and if I start, like, you know, if I take my gloves off, and then, or if my gloves get dirty, and I start touching stuff, and I leave, like, a beet juice, a handprint of beet juice on the salad dressing squeeze bottle, and walk away, somebody's going to see that, and they're going to be grossed out. Yeah. And maybe they're not, the worst thing is, if, could if, they, be, could if be. they don't say anything, yeah. they're just going to look at that and say, this place is gross. I don't want to come back here. Yeah, I'm not I, I don't even want to finish my dinner because people are weird. You know, you and I, like, if you see that, you're like, oh, okay, you know, this 16 year old's in the shit. Bitch, at least wipe that down. <laughs> you know what? Like, if I see somebody there, I'm like, man, I've been there. I can relate. But there's people and everybody's different. You know, some people are like super afraid of uh, germs and are super, you know, they keep their houses clean like hospitals. Mm-hmm. If that person comes and, you know, they see you like tuck your run your fingers through your hair to get your hair out of your face and then touch some food which is what you would do if you're not being mindful mm-hmm. they might be so disgusted they might think oh my god that's horrible i i, I can't even you know finish my soup i'm not like that <laughs> it doesn't bother me that much but i yeah you know you have to acknowledge that everybody is a germaphobe because you know so uh that was kind of the introductory that was my introduction, to, introduction to, to working kitchens. in open kitchens. Yeah. And then once I got to New York, it was like that intensity times a million because mm. I was behind a counter. it's fucking New York. It's New York City. <laughs> it was a one Michelin star Japanese restaurant. I was behind a counter and I was the only person behind that counter serving 10 people. Uh, yeah. And normally that would be the sort of the executive chef's yeah. podium. To cook from but i was the only person in the kitchen that spoke english so he was cooking from there before me but as soon as i started and i you know spent a couple weeks in the back he was like okay you like even if you can't cook five percent as well as me just because you can talk to customers and you can interact with them properly because mm-hmm. he couldn't really speak any english at all oh, yeah really. which uh, like blows your mind that like right? they don't even learn a little bit You're but like, it was oh. cool it was very cool <laughs> of him to be to acknowledge that and not say well this is the chef this is my you know i've yeah, earned like, the right to be behind this counter here's, here's my shortcomings he was thinking about the yeah. customer and thinking okay well you know what even if this kid can't cook for shit at least he can explain stuff to them at least he can you know treat them yeah. with hospitality yeah we can we can rejig this in a way so he doesn't have to do much to the food yeah so i did very simple basic dishes at the counter i wasn't doing anything super complicated super high skill but i was doing it you know when you're working Mm -hmm. in a a, a japanese kitchen you're assembling stuff and plating stuff i i was garbage with chopsticks when i got there you're much better now yeah yeah yeah. at at the time i I had no idea how to to plate chopsticks i knew how to 18 19 yeah, I was at 19 years old. Yeah. Um, and they're like, okay, well, here's a fucking pair of uh, 300 millimeter long 
steel chopsticks. The tips are like needles, way harder to use than your normal, you know, yeah. takeout Chinatown chopsticks. Uh, you can now plate all the food with these. And if you touch it with your hands, I'm going to cut your fingers off. <laughs> yeah, there's never any of that. You can still touch I mean, it with your yeah. hands, but make sure, like, never. If you were, sh if you would never, like, you, you, they would chew you out if you were plating with both hands. So sometimes you have to pick something up. If you're plating, like, like imagine you're plating potato salad. There's no way you you can't plate potato salad with chopsticks. Pitch but it. you at least you gotta you gotta uh, hold the chopsticks in your offhand. And make it look like you're at least using them. Just kind of hold them beside the... Really, you're just picking it up with your left hand. But in your right hand, you better have those chopsticks in. You better not be caught with two empty hands picking up potato salad oh, and shoveling okay, it on okay, the plate. Okay. Chopsticks are just there for show. Chopsticks but, uh, have to be in at least your hands yeah, all the time. Exactly. Chopsticks have to be in your hands at all times. And, uh, you know... The, also, 300 millimeter fucking chopsticks. Like, I mean, those are... Yeah, I think I have them just behind me here. Um, I don't. Or 300 millimeter. This is like 30 centimeters. So that's actually... That's not it's a full bad. ruler. It's not too bad. But the, the, the hard part about those... For some reason, I was thinking 300, like a dummy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a one meter long chopstick. If, if they were wooden chopsticks, it'd be totally yeah. comfortable. But they're steel, and they, they taper down like a, like a needle at the end. So they're hard to... You know, you've got to make those tips touch if you want to... Uh, Pick you know, something up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to make a joke about touching tips. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. The, the joke is gone. It's, I mean, it's, it's still the there. Um, but... But oh, yeah, so that was like Jesus. crazy training for me, and I was so stressed out and so nervous, and uh, but yeah. it was good. And probably drinking copious amounts of coffee today, so your shakes oh, are God, fucking that so much bad. worse. It was so bad. Yeah, if you guys know John or have ever met John, just take a look at his hands when he's trying I to do something hands. delicate. Yeah, like, when I'm like not sleep deprived and not <laughs> juiced up on coffee, they're very shaky. I look like the rest uh, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Look like you're having a seizure sometimes. Yeah. Um, no offense to people who have seizures. But yeah. um <laughs> I don't know, man. So obviously we're in we're in pretty much pretty well agreement, but like I've had conversations with people in the past that are like, I hate open kitchens, I hate it, and like now I think back and I'm like, that's because you weren't disciplined enough to use a spoon to taste something. Yeah, yeah. Or a different spoon to taste something. Yeah, or just like or use that spoon and then like rinse it or wash it yeah now, so I that could, you could taste something else like uh, to play devil's advocate i know what you're saying right i wonder if these people feel like well you're putting all this effort into making things appear as though they are proper and flawless and everything is perfect and we don't you know use plastic containers we don't use uh, like i, I when I was working at Kajitsu in New York, no plastic wrap, no plastic containers, no Tupperwares, only beautifully handmade ceramic containers to hold all the food in. There's no plastic in front of the customers, right? That's, that it's sense. a cool flex, right? Because obviously it's much nicer to look at a handmade ceramic bowl than a uh, Ikea Tupperware. <laughs> but you're, you know, now you're putting all this energy into doing something that's purely aesthetic and it's not, it doesn't contribute really to the food. It's experience. It's the experience, right? The experience contributes so, to the food. Sure, it does. I think it does, and I think that's why it's so beautiful to go to a restaurant like that and sit at the counter and watch people make your food. Because okay, so continue with your devil's advocate. But I would think these, the, you know, to, to play the devil's advocate, there's probably people out there who are going to see that and say, like, well, you know, they're just fussing around with fancy, you know, bowls and plates and chopsticks to look fancy. It doesn't actually, you know, it's not actually making the food taste better. So yeah. in the back, I can just focus purely on executing the most amazing food I can make. Uh, if you... Yeah. If, if you're not looking at me, I don't have to worry about uh, being a showman, right? Yeah, I get that. I mean, so I wonder. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, I, I certainly, I can, 
I guess I can understand that that point of view, and certainly I I, I get that you're playing devil's advocate, but it's like if you can't cook it cleanly, yeah, then what? Then clearly you're missing an element yeah. here. Like if you can't, like I, we've had some people even at the diner, like we every time I cut bread i wipe the crumbs off the fucking cutting yeah. board and you Every... can tell when people have training like you do or like i do you can always tell even when they're in a closed kitchen they work differently yeah there's not they don't crumple up their uh their like uh towel what do you call it service rag and just like have it on the side of their cutting board in this like, like wet mountain you don't do that you fold it me. it's folded every fucking time yeah i have i've worked with people that just like throw it on the counter and i'm like yeah, what what the fuck was what, that? What are we? Why? If you look, why at... don't I just why, why don't I just fucking like I don't know just that's like the not most brush my teeth thing. in the morning yeah, or something yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't even know what to compare it to. No right? wonder because you're like just like fuck it. Yeah. We don't I mean, I, 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 depending on the kitchen, <laughs> going commando can be quite comfortable. Anyways, okay, we won't okay. go there. But well, yeah. not that I ever have, but I it's definitely I, I I know some people who have. And it's all fun and games till you spill the hot water on your crotch. But um, no, I mean like those. I, I I get what I I get what you're getting at with the devil's advocate thing, but it's like it is part of the experience, and whether whether or not it's it's um, a one star joint in New York or it's a sushi restaurant, or I'm sorry, it's a it's a diner or it's yeah or it's a fucking burger joint or it's a something. The experience starts before you get in the door, yeah. so to continue the experience once you're in the door, then it it becomes your goal to work as cleanly and yeah. as disciplined and as organized. And as soon as you're done with this, it goes back to the exact same spot. And it's like, like I think what yeah. I, there was, I mean, uh, shout out uh, Cal. I, I never realized Cal uh, used to work at Bar Isabel, um, used to work at Grand Electric before. This is a person or a place? Uh, person. Okay. Cal... Forget your last Lando name. Calrissian. <laughs> Lando Calrissian. No, um, I forget his last name. Um, sorry, buddy. Um, but um, he 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 repeated something that I that I had told him one day. I think when he was a new cook, and I had already been cooking for a few years. And I think it's something that he years later uh, repeated to me when I bumped into him. And he's like, he told me that one time I told him everything has a home. Yeah. In a kitchen. Everything has a place. And it should yeah. be returned to that home. Mise en place. There's... Right? Everything yeah. has a place. Yeah. And he and he was like, I think about that time you told me. And like, I I don't remember that time. Right? Yeah. It, it Clearly it stood out in his memory. But it's like, and that wasn't even an open kitchen. When we were working at Grand Electric, I would have told him this. And one time something. Anyways. Yeah. But like he's right i was right at the time it's just like if you have that structure in a closed kitchen working in an open kitchen is no different yeah it it doesn't have to change how you work if you have that structure if you have that discipline and i mean certainly me at 17 the greenest cook out of fucking the greenest of the green like anybody in their first fucking job is like you don't have that discipline, so me eating fucking French fries, anyways. But yeah, um, yeah it would. The, I don't kitchens, know, man. kitchens taught me organization. I was so uh, such a mess when I was younger. Mm. Um, Dude, I know where I know where almost all of my personal belongings are in my own home at all times. 
Yeah. At all times. I know, give or take an egg or two, how many eggs I have left in my fridge. I know how much almond milk for my tea in the morning I have. I know, like, now it it translates over to this thing where you're just like, I know where everything is. Everything has a home. Everything has a purpose to why it's there. Yeah. This, 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 this. When I go shopping, I still write shopping lists so I don't forget anything. (laughs) But I don't have to be in my fridge to write a shopping list. I can be on the subway and say, okay... Uh, I yeah, have I have six eggs. I need 12, so I need to buy another dozen. Yeah. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm low on olive oil. Um, oh, yeah, the last I time I used that, I should probably, right now. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just this this organization that, and, and I think you'll learn that to some extent in any kitchen, and I'm sure there's people who have learned to be incredibly organized without being in an open kitchen, but it really helps. Mm-hmm. I think it's a different kind of organization. Oh, it, it pushes the envelope way quicker. Yeah. Because, like, either you're going to be and it's, it or you're also, gonna be a fucking slob, and you're gonna get sent home. Get out of my kitchen! You can't just be in front of customers, you know, dude, licking your fingers, <laughs> being a gremlin. I have seen people do that, and I've had to be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, like, you can see the customers; they can yeah. see you. Yeah, it's it's not a fucking one way mirror, asshole. Yeah, like obviously you don't. I'm not calling the person an asshole. I mean, maybe back in the day I did when I was. I mean, a little I, crankier, but I'm, like now, now I, I, I I'm do, a pretty forgiving guy. If you're working in an open kitchen or in any kitchen and you lick your fingers and touch food you're an asshole get out you know, now not like <laughs> now before, actually, yeah. you know two years ago it was like well come on man you know he's, he doesn't have the plague no you you yeah unacceptable yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah now we're all very aware it's like of yeah it's it's you know i don't know and obviously we're speaking in a bit of extremes here but it's like but it's important. Yeah. You were saying, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're in a one-star Michelin restaurant or in a diner or any restaurant. It doesn't matter if you're in McDonald's or at Le Bernardin in New York. You want your customers mm-hmm. to have confidence in you. You want them to be at ease. You want them to feel like uh, they're being taken care of. You, you want them to feel like you care about the service you're providing to them. Mm-hmm. You want them to know that their food is being prepared safely. That's a lot of stuff to think about while you're yeah. cooking. Yeah, that's fair. You're making sure your beurre blanc doesn't split. You're making sure you don't burn your toast. You're busy, but you also have to be thinking about all these things. And that's yeah, mm. that's the beauty of of open kitchens. There's mm. no, you got to be thinking about everything all the time. Mm. And then, so the hardest thing, doing that is one thing. The next level, uh, and I didn't really learn about this until I started working at Onodera uh, in in New York, which was a sushi restaurant. Um, I was working at the Japanese uh, vegetable restaurant um, beforehand, and uh, you know, like I was saying before, I was the only person at the counter, so I was just kind of winging it. I had been to Japan already at that time, and I knew kind of what Japanese hospitality looked like and how to emulate it, but I didn't really, I wasn't great at it. I was still yeah. learning how to hold chopsticks and do all that. When I went to Onodera, the chef at the time that you know Matt and I were poking fun at a couple episodes ago. Not poking fun. Legitimately talking shit. Yeah, about. trashing. <laughs> you know, uh, like I said, legitimately talking like shit. I said during that podcast, um, not a very nice guy. Incredibly skilled at what he does, yes. and what he does better than anybody else that I've ever seen is entertain. So he's uh, not only he can making put, sushi expertly. He, he knows put, how to do that. He can put the face on. He can put make it look on. like you know his station is perfectly clean, organized. I I. There's he had you know a hundred different containers of little garnishes and sauces mm-hmm. and tools. So I, I took photos the first couple of weeks I was working there. Every morning I would check off my phone that the photo 
and the mm -hmm. setup was exactly identical because if the ponzu sauce and the soy sauce and the sesame oil were you know not in the order that it always is he's gonna make a mistake and he's gonna fucking pour some sesame sauce on something that shouldn't have sesame sauce on it right because yeah. we're in identical bottles which you know maybe not a great way to do it but they're beautiful bottles you know, handmade ceramic bottles. Yeah, they're not labeled. And, they're not yeah. labeled. There's no labels. There's no tape. There's no plastic. There's nothing. Fuck. So, but what he, so he was obviously doing that, everything, you know, uh, uh, perfectly executed sushi, perfectly executed presentation of the sushi. Then the next level above that is being an entertainer, being, uh, um, uh, personable, being personable, being engaging and interacting with the customer. Because that's mm. another thing that you get with an open kitchen is that ability to interact. You yeah. get to watch them eat the food and they get to watch you cook. So there's going to be communication, right? Yeah. And what he did so effortlessly and, and so amazingly was like, you know, cracking jokes. Put that happy face on. Put that happy face on. Put the smile on. Uh, you know, laugh with people. Drink beers with people while you're working. And just make <laughs> it look so tight. He would do that because he could. He was so fucking good because yeah, yeah, he could. Yeah. He was that dialed. Uh, and I never got to that point because, you know, I, I didn't spend enough time in that well, environment. That's like, well, we did that even when, when I worked at uh, uh, Electric Mud in Parkdale. Yeah. This is a restaurant. You know, I worked there, what, fucking check my watch six seven years ago yeah um but like that's that's what it was there it was like the the kitchen was like an l shape and then the bar followed uh, a portion of the kitchen but like you could literally we yeah, literally had away from customers right You're yeah less right there like you had customers reach over you when they were the super mouth. fucking drunk and try and grab something no, on no, the no. other <laughs> side and like obviously they got yeah. scolded and and they would yeah, stop that with but, the water. yeah something like that but yeah. like um, you know, they we'd have customers like hanging on the bar, being like, "What are you doing over there?" And it's like, yeah, you're, and it's it and was that's exciting. It. I love that. It was fucking fun, dude. Right? It's and, very and, fun. And it draws people in, yeah. and you develop relationships with people. You see them every week. It's it's beautiful. But you know, like like we were saying, you're not you're not only thinking about not burning your toast, not splitting your sauce, seasoning everything, tasting everything. You're also thinking about working cleanly, working organized, mm -hmm. standing up straight. You know, you've got your shoulders retracted. Oh shit! I just picked that thing up off the ground. Now I have to wash my hands. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it wasn't. I just swept. Oh, you know what? I touched the dustpan, and the dustpan looks yeah. kind of gross. And the customer could potentially see the dustpan, so wash hands. I just washed it before service things. starts, but the customer doesn't know that. Yeah. Even though I just sprayed it down with sanitizer, the customer didn't see it, so I got to wash my hands anyways. Yeah. yeah. No. My hands, when I was working at Kajitsu in New York, they would bleed all winter because they were so dry. My knuckles were fucked. And Bitch, you, coconut oil. You, you put coconut oil on, and then you cover them in soap. Well, coconut I mean, oil is gone. more meant when you go to bed. You just, yeah. yeah, I would do that. You do coconut oil and put a glove over top, so it just like yeah, locks it I, in. I would do that. I I've... literally would do that. I would <laughs> steal gloves from work and uh, lather them up. I was using some shitty lotion, not coconut oil, but I, I should have, yeah. Fuck. Um, Jesus Christ! Oh, oh, that sounds painful. Yeah, so it's it's just it's it can be so beautiful, but yeah, so not you're not only thinking about uh, uh, making the food right and actually making the food right, like mm -hmm. the, the the process, but then also okay, this person um, has held onto their menu for a while. Now you're also a server. Uh, they're not looking at their menu. They're looking at their phone. They're probably ready to order or. Uh, they're not drinking their drink at all. Do they want something else? What's wrong? Are they waiting for a friend? I don't have a seat available. Mm, nah, it's yeah. it's just like an impossible amount of information you have to keep in your mind, and nobody can do it all. But it's it's the training is so Except good. Except for crazy Japanese chefs. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he seemingly but but he he couldn't work alone. If yeah. as as shittily as he treated the people below him. 
without somebody making the rice and bringing him, we would the bring fish. him warm, perfectly warm, like 60 degree uh, rice for yeah. every round of sushi he would make. So he would line up everybody at the same time. He'd chit chat and entertain them so that not just because he so liked to do you, it. You had time to bring everything, set it there, and then he would go. And so that if they came at 550 and they came at 555, he would line them up. You know, he'd give them their first courses. And by the third course out of, you know, 20, they, everybody would be lined up at the same time. And they wouldn't even notice. Uh, but now everybody's having the, just uh, bing, 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 you know, bing, the bing, mackerel. Bing. And then everybody's going to have the squid at the same time. Uh, and for each piece of sushi that they get, there's going to be fresh, warm rice. That is a beautiful show, though. It's beautiful. And it's amazing. Yeah. It, it's funny. Uh, you talked about, uh, you know, towels and people just, you know, throwing their towel on the cutting board, which is yeah. unacceptable. Fucking... He... Uh, when I started, it was a, probably something the first or second day I was there. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, this is, these are the white towels. They call them sarashi. It's basically like cheesecloth. Okay. And that's what they use to wipe their knives. Uh, they also keep their wooden cutting boards damp at all times. Because yeah. uh, if it's dry, Sticks. then it'll soak up the fish liquid or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. If it's wet, it won't soak up anything. Yeah. They're constantly uh, the wet. Oils, the oils stay exactly, exactly, above. Exactly. Right? And then you can wipe it and clean it. Uh, clean their knives. They clean everything with that. And these are like bleached white. As soon as they would go dark, he would get rid of them. Mm. So they were constantly, you know, crispy white linens, basically. And I uh, said, this is how we fold it. First in half, then in half this way, then in half this way. Not in half the other way. Because he would, you know, it's, uh, let's say something the size of, um, I don't know, like four sheets of paper towel folded up into something the size of a wallet. Okay. So it's folded, you know, like five or six times. And as he would wipe, he would, let's say, wipe his knife and then fold it back so he's exposing a clean side. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly folding, unfolding, and always keeping this thing bleach, bleach, white looking. Even though there's, you know, dirt on it, but it's all hidden inside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you didn't fold it properly for him when you then he were would, giving him new he's ones, gonna he's going to fuck it up in front of customers. In front of these 10 people. Yeah. yeah. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take him one second to correct. He's going to go, oh, fuck, okay, I just did that wrong. Okay, I'll unfold it. But, like, that was a level of tolerance that he was working with is like all my towels have to be folded the same way mm-hmm. so don't hand it to me backwards he hand it to me this way which is wild because like even nowadays like i still fold all of my towels the same way yeah. i fold it just this one, way it's just like this it's way, muscle memory, and then right? and then yeah and then yeah so that i mean i i would do the same shit even when i was at people's um because like we, it was it was it was a very meticulous place and uh you know working for dusty and adrian and matt like they're all super super dialed in and super professional and very good at what they do and like you just wanted to be better you wanted to be consistent mm-hmm. i mean obviously i i didn't do that as well as i could have at the time but like there's but there were certain things that like towels were always folded the same and i always had it in the exact same spot and there was always like this it's it just like it it pushes out into everything else like we were saying it's yeah. like all of our our mise on our mise at home even in our own fridge yeah. you know i've got i've got some broccoli that i know i need to eat anyways um <laughs> yeah yeah but it just it it, it permanently I don't know, wants, it's fun man it's also just better get it in your bones it's it just, is for sure it's just better yeah yeah anyways yeah um we're actually sitting at 35 minutes already. Just ranting we, about we it. We were, I mean, we were going to talk about um, some boundaries, some personal boundaries as well. But maybe, maybe we yeah, save let's it. save it for another one because yeah. we can, we, we can get into that. That's going to yeah. take a while too. And that'll be its own, its own fucking rant session. And that way, I don't know how long was a Crossley podcast? Like an hour and change. Hour twenty. Hour twenty. Yeah. yeah. 
but like with guests, like I, I'm oh like, yeah, you need the I'm time. like I'd rather I'd rather like even if you guys had a cracked another beer and we went another 10, 15 minutes. If like, we cracked another beer, it would have gone another two hours because we would have been like, <laughs> lit up. Because because then you would have had a solid buzz, and then yeah, John's not yeah. slowing down from there. No, I don't um, have a problem. You have a problem. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're drunk. Yeah. Um. But anyways, let's uh, we can let's wrap call it. Up. Who's your shout-out this week? Oh, fuck, I didn't... You didn't even think of one, did you? Didn't even think of one. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, Madeira's Cafe, which is right up the street from... Um, or College in... Madeira's. Um, College in Ossington. Yeah. Little Coffee, Colombian joint, uh, Jairo and his uh, lady, Michaela. They uh, own and operate a, uh, a little cafe... Um, their coffee, I'm told, like, I don't drink coffee, but I'm told is super, so super fucking tasty. What's your order? Tea? I just got black tea. Black tea. Yeah, black tea with some milk. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, yeah, they're, go there. they're super I'm great. They've got a bunch of, like, merch and stuff and, like, different Spanish candies that they yeah, sell there, too. Yeah, I've seen you wear their t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, they're also just, like, the nicest fucking people. And, like, I'd, I'd love to get them on for, for an episode eventually, but... You know, they're also super busy and, yeah. and they're, they're slammed and fucking spring dealing with, well, they're also dealing with like import, like now, like before Hiro would just fly down and get the coffee himself. But now that you can't leave the fucking country without he's got to import quarantining, yeah, yeah, yeah. now he has to get his family to ship it to him and then it yeah. costs X amount more. And anyways, they're fucking phenomenal people. And I love the space pretty much every time I'm on my way here, if I'm taking the Ossington bus down. I stop and I get a tea and then I just walk down to Dundas to you. But, uh, yeah, they're lovely. Please go check them out. Yeah. If you're in the West End. If you're in the East End. You're out of luck. Yeah. Go to the West End. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. East End's pretty dope. But. Why are you in the West? Anyway. <laughs> we'll have this discussion on another podcast. <laughs> East Side is best. You know that Ali G? Uh, you seen that? No, yeah, I haven't. It's good. I haven't. I only know West End is the best end from, uh... Was a Wu Tang track. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I would agree with them. Yeah, of course you yeah. would. You fucking grew up in the West End. You and you and Matt, you fucking West End weirdos and your non licenses. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. You got a shout out this week? No, no. I don't. I'll, no. I'll I'll think of one for next week. Okay. I've shouted out everybody then that I love. There's no one else. <laughs> there's everybody no, else. There's sucks. no one else left. Yeah. Um, as always. Love and appreciate you guys. We love you. Shout outs for you guys, all the listeners. That's my <laughs> shout out this week. Yeah. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. Um, and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Hey guys, thank you for listening. As always, if you have any comments or concerns, please hit us up at Meatball Thoughts on Instagram or email meatballthoughts at gmail.com. We love you and appreciate your support. Bye for now.